0: Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today about keeping a good report. There's things God wants us to believe and to resist believing. A bad report is when we're just kind of bringing bad news. We're not able to focus on the positive. All we can do is narrow in on the negative. In Yellowstone National Park, there are large signs that say, don't feed the bears. Now, tourists always disobey it. They feed the bears, and every year, park rangers have to pick up dead bears. The bears are used to being fed by the tourists, and they lose their ability to fend for themselves in nature. They wind up looking for a handout, and when the handout is no longer there, they die. Satan offers us handouts, slander, fearful news, the suggestion that everything's going to fall apart. And he gets us used to hearing this so much that we forget what God says. Satan gives us the handout of bad news without the truth of God's word. This is designed to make us weak and to kill us. Let's talk for a minute about the dangers of negative reports. So upon returning from spying out the promised land, many if you remember this, Joshua and Caleb are excited to report what they'd seen, along with 10 other spies, what they had seen. Numbers 13, 30 says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as he stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. He's all stirred up, like he's ready to go. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the land, among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. Isn't it interesting how everybody saw the same thing? Two came back with a positive report, and ten came back with a negative report. Even though God had spoken to them, I'm going to give you the land, I'm going to help you go do this. Many came back and said, oh, it's just too hard, it's going to be you know, too difficult, we're not going to be able to do it. And I want you to notice the agenda of the enemy. He wants to convince you and I, just like those Israelites, that you can't win. Anybody ever feel like you can't win lately? See, our spiritual enemy wants to use bad news to discourage us and to stop the progress that we would bring against his kingdom. He wants us to exchange God's promises for panic. We're going to learn some warfare tactics from the book of Ephesians today. Ephesians contains more about battling the enemy than any other New Testament letter. The devil is an assumption of the scriptures. It's easy to forget that we're not just dealing with flesh and blood. That's why Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In the words of Kevin Spacey's character in The Usual Suspects, The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he did not exist. It's more important than ever to be speaking what God says is true out of our mouths. Remember, there's messages that are intentionally positioned to drain your courage, stop your progress. All right, here are some bad reports that people are believing everybody is doing better than me. Everyone will leave me. This is as good as it's ever going to be. I'm going to be left behind. But there are also a lot of bad reports on the news and in your social media feed. And I believe these are primary culprits today. See, many of us are trusting the prince of the airwaves more than the king of heaven. Uh Uh-oh, I'm about to go meddling here for a second. A lot of news these days, my friends, is just straight up gossip. I hear anchors spend way too much time telling the story of someone's motivations How are you going to know why they made that decision? Listen, this is what Leviticus 19, 16 says. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. I am the Lord. Paul warns us about this. In 1 Corinthians 4, 5, he says, So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time, before the Lord returns. Wait, how long? When can we start making judgments? Oh, you mean Jesus has to even come back before that? Okay. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. You know why it's so poisonous online right now? Because people are slandering, because people are gossiping, and this is the nasty demonic porridge that the Lord said, don't make that. God wants us to be shrewd, but he wants us to be innocent with regard to evil. The Lord wants us to exchange panic for God's promises. Okay, so now, In the chat, are there people, I don't want you to name any names, but are there people or sources that you're exposing yourself to that cause you to walk away discouraged? Put it in the chat or talk about it in the room you're in right now. Have you noticed there is something in the air? The enemy is trying to get you and I to respond in fear and anxiety and panic and anger. But God wants us to walk in a place of victory. We're going to read a scripture. And I want you to pay attention to the fact that there's a level of victory Paul wanted for his disciples. And God wants for us. Let's pick it up in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. It says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great How would you like to operate from that posture? Doesn't that sound spiritually healthy? Doesn't that sound like, man, if you could access that level, you would just be thinking on a whole different level than everybody else in terms of the spiritual health that's flowing from you. See, there's a level of victory of the power of God that he wants us to walk in, in in wisdom, in revelation, knowledge of him. Uh, The eyes of our hearts being enlightened, full of hope and power. In The Princess Bride, Wesley is dueling an Ego Montoya and asks him why is he smiling and the man responds because i know something you don't i am not left-handed when we're truly at rest in the promises of god people will ask us why are you so relaxed aren't you freaking out like everybody else what's wrong with you we say so relaxed because i know something you don't god is on the throne it's really important before we try to battle against bad reports that we understand how bad the context we are in really is. It's only helpful if we fight lies with truth, not more fantasies we tell ourselves about the world. Philippians 2 says it this way, "...and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of the world following the prince of the power of the air, a spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is who you and I were. If you're a Christian, this is who you and I were. But the break between the past and the present has occurred. Now I want you to notice what Paul says is true about the citizens of, of this world. He says they're following the course of this world. This means everyone is just kind of mindlessly doing what everybody does with their minds primarily on themselves. It means I'm not concerned with the things of the kingdom. I'm concerned with the things of this world. And the people of this world are captive to this. This isn't just sexual or carnal appetites, but people characterized by disobedience. We're deeply affected by evil and by society's attitudes toward evil and one another. Notice too, he says, they are children of wrath. This means worthy to receive divine judgment. It means apart from Christ, we are cut off from the life of God, and that is the world where you and I live. See, from God's perspective, that is people's real problem. Whatever other problems are going on in the world, That is people's real problem. So what do we do when there are such lies and evil outside of us and such conflicts within us? All right, what does God want us to do? To keep a good report, we need to, number one, remember who the real enemy is. Do you remember, those of you who saw the Hunger Games catching fire, Finnick reminds Katniss, remember who the real enemy is. In verse two, we just saw, it said, following the prince of the power of the air, this is your real enemy. This is who we're at war at. And the Old Testament, ruler or prince was a term for a national, local, or tribal leader. And he wants to keep you and I carnal, keep us operating by the ways of the world. Satan wants to make you doubt your future, your security, yourself. He's scheming. He wants to misuse scripture in your life. He wants to blind the minds of unbelievers. Second Corinthians 1, uh, 4.4 says that he is the God of this age and he's blinding the minds of unbelievers. Uh, he's the personal center of the power of evil. Now normal is to walk in such a way that we're largely unaware that we're being herded by the enemy. And so here's the problem for us. We underestimate just how much the enemy uses things that we think are neutral to discourage us, to drain us, just to get us to want to give up. He wants to drain our spirit and wear us out. He wants to suggest fearful and angry things. You've probably got things in your life right now where you're just taking a pounding and it looks like it's all just natural, but it's not. It is the enemy of your soul participating there. We need to be really careful what we're allowing Satan to feed us. See, he's trying to write you and I a script. He wants us to believe what he says about us, about our future, the future of our nation, instead of what God would say. God's always trying to speak hope. God's always trying to say, yeah, but there's redemption in me. Yeah, but I'm powerful. Oh, it is hard, but I'm so powerful. I've overcome the world. I'll make you more than an overcomer. See, we need to do one another a favor. We need to whisper to one another, remember who the real enemy is. See, Satan knows unity is powerful. Whenever we see dramatic disunity, we need to just have the discernment to recognize the fingerprints of the enemy. He's trying to get us divided. And he'll just whisper things straight into our minds that we think is us or something, but it's really not. When I was in my early 20s, I can remember I was walking through this park and my wife and I had recently been through a church play. You know, we I was just discouraged, man. I was thinking like, "Man, what's, you know, here I, here I was trying to follow God and, and see what God would do with my life. And then this all this bad stuff happens. And as I'm thinking this, almost out loud, I mean, it was so loud in my head. It was like, yeah, what's the point in believing God? You should just give up. And it was so like, what? Uh, that I was like, well, devil, you know, I was considering it. But now that I know you want me to give up, I'm not going to. Now, it's not often that loud, but we've just got to recognize Whatever the enemy wants you to do, we should probably do the opposite. And he will speak directly to our minds. And we just have to develop kind of a, a spiritual spidey sense to just know, no, dude, like, that, yes, that was in my mind, but that's not even my thought. And I need to watch it when the devil's trying to give me a bad report. Okay, what do we know? To keep a good report, remember who the enemy is. That's number one. And number two, expose his lies with the light of God's truth. See, we're not to let the devil set the agenda. We need to think right, believe the best, and be speculative about the worst report. Don't allow your mind to go to the worst version of the story. Trust acts like God truly is leading us the wisest way. So we lift up that shield of faith. We tighten that belt of truth. We hang on to the sword of the Spirit. We get this from Ephesians 6, starting in verse 14. It says, "...stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness." And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Friends, we have to take inventory of where the enemy is trying to lie to us. The bad report says, "Ah, you know, you've done too much wrong now for God to forgive you. But Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we'll find His mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. The bad report says everyone's against me, but Romans eight thirty one says if God is for us, who can be against us? The bad report says people are just getting away with racism or lawlessness or both. But Genesis eighteen twenty five says shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? But then he also adds to that in 2 Peter 3, 9 and says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. And some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Hey, some of the people that you might be, have been angry with recently, can you and I just remember that God is, loves them as much as he loves you and I? He wants them to be with him in heaven as much as he wants you and I to be with him in heaven. He reminds us in this very same passage that everything is grace. He says in verse 8, for by grace you've been saved by faith. And that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Grace is undeserved. You and I didn't deserve it. And we're not better than anybody else. The bad report says, well, our whole world is going to hell. The good report says, actually, devil, you're going to hell. I'm going to heaven. See, the bad report says, I don't have any hope. But Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God says, I'll give you hope as soon as you start believing. The bad report says, I think this trial is going to sink us. But Romans 8, 37 says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The bad report says, I can't keep doing this. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The bad report says, this is just going to get worse and worse. And yet Psalm 23.6 says, Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, I have to give you some bad news. It's not a bad report. I'm going to give you a good report with it. The bad news is, You and I can't stop the devil from trying to discourage us, to drain us. He is hell, literally hell-bent on trying to bring down everybody that wants to do anything of significance in terms of loving people, helping the planet, and serving Jesus Christ. But here's what we can do. We can remember who the real enemy is, and we can expose his lies with the light of God's truth. And someday, you and I will be in a place but we will never have to deal with his discouragement again. Are you ready to do a week with a good report rather than a negative one? I want to pray for you right now, and specifically I want to pray for not only you, but everybody attached to you, your family, even people you haven't talked to in a long time. I just want you to think about them in your mind, because I really believe there's people that, man, you are just used to reading the negative reports. And I want to pray that God would shift our focus and loose us even from the enemy. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Hey, Lord, I want to lift up all of these and everyone connected to them and everyone they're thinking of right now. In the name of Jesus, we break the power of the enemy and his negative reports. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just give us a positivity. Would you help us to find the good reports? Would you help us to answer lies with truth? And, Lord, I just pray for some. They just need a a, a quick download from you to keep going, just to not give up, just to press through and believe they really can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. Oh God, make us a community that's so pumped up and filled with positivity that we just don't believe the negative reports from the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey y'all, love you. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe? Share it with your friends. Click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.